be like myself anymore I'm like a lost key in the kitchen drawer Just waiting for someone to show me to the door Hey up, my name's Ben and welcome back to Disclosed by the YYY Files. This is the B-side, so go back and listen to the A-side if you haven't heard the first part of this interview with John Sidaway. If you did listen to the first part, you will know that John was a member of the Stoke City media team for about seven years and you know all about what he got to there. In this part, you'll hear some quickfire questions, some of your quickfire questions as well. And we'll expand on something we got onto at the end of the first part, which was the effect it had on John's mental state, basically, during his time there. Or it could have on his mental state during his time there. Uh, So this is just a warning that towards, I want to say, 20 minutes in, we start talking about some sensitive issues. And I just want to raise that because we, me and John, are certainly not social or mental health experts you know it was mainly John talking about his experiences and me only being to relate to them however I can and our thoughts and opinions might not necessarily reflect your situation particularly if you're going through something yourself if you're not in the best frame of mind yourself um, what I think is appropriate to raise at this part is there are plenty of professional organizations that you should seek Um, If you are in that mental state, I'll leave a few in the description to this podcast. Um, You should definitely go and check out those, perhaps even before you listen to this. But if you feel like you can, I think it's important that I raise that. And like I say, we're not experts. These are our own issues that we talk about and I wouldn't want to make our own situation worse. In fact, if anything, the reason why I asked John to talk about his experiences is so that Hopefully it does help somebody, you know, somebody who's going through a similar situation or perhaps someone on the other side. But yeah, I just thought I'd get that warning quickly in there. Uh, don't forget though, you can be on the show just like John by heading to the thewywyyfiles.com or get in contact on social media at the thewywyyfiles or of course send an email to the thewywyyfiles at mail.com. All those links are in the description to this podcast. Let's jump back in and pick up where we left off. <laughs> Hey up and welcome back to Disclosed, in which we're talking to John. We've had a week's break. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Not too bad, yeah. I've had a I've had a pleasant one, to be fair, actually. Not too bad. Been doing the garden. Yes, you've been doing the garden and you've been to the pub. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have in my thermals, my nice big green winter <laughs> jacket, my blue and white scarf, my gloves, everything. Your blue and white scarf? Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew it. I, yeah. Well, you've done something that probably most of us haven't done in about six months. So that's nice. I'm I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for the haircut too. That oh, mate, I so am I. I need it. Um, yeah, I need it freshly trimmed very quick. I um, oh. actually, I, I almost did three of the full things yesterday. Oh yeah. Uh, so I went to the gym. Good man. I went to the pub, and then I was contemplating getting my haircut and going shopping. But I thought, <laughs> how. How how eager can you be? Yeah, I was like just just the lockdown hat trick. <laughs> yeah, well, I need something to look forward to because you know obviously everything's not open yet, so may as well save the shop until you know I can go. And then uh, you know, I'm booked in for the trim on on Thursday. So I mean, I need something to look forward to. I think we're playing Preston on Saturday, so I'm not too happy about that, <laughs> <sighs> man. Oh well, yeah. After uh, yeah, after Birmingham, yeah, I can understand. I I hold little hope. <laughs> um, anyway, before 
half time in the last podcast i asked you a break question and i gave you time to think about your answer like i said i'll give you a week so i'm hoping you come up with a good one um here it is so i said in in a hypothetical scenario this is for anybody who's not familiar with these questions mark ranatovic a big character who you'll have worked with before decides to rejoin stoke ahead of the new season with fans hopefully back in the stands It'd be a seismic transfer, and given the situation regarding his past here, and what happened in the last year or so, it'd call for a seismic announcement too. How would you have gone about announcing his arrival? Say this, this, I've never ever had anything like this to do. I mean, if it was like a cult hero, it'd be so easy to do. Yeah. But because of obviously his, you know, the way he left and things, I mean... We had Steve Stedwell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... You know, if 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 Arnie is coming back, you got to go with the old "I'll be back" tagline somewhere. Yeah, but purely because of the way he left, I don't think a lot of people would like it. So you, if I'm trying to be funny, I'd go down that Terminator route. Have you got to make it like so bad it's good? That sort of vibe, or I suppose so. I mean, you'd probably use a highlight of his goal, one of his goals, or his highlights, and then just be like "I'll be back" or yeah, something like that. Um I think in terms of though, with how he left and coming back, I'd try and do something a bit more heart stringy. I don't mean like trying to make people cry because a lot of people are probably be crying because he's back anyway. <laughs> but, um, something along the lines of a, a sincere announcement where he's back and he wants to make amends for the way he left. And mm. do you know what I mean? Something like that. So I'm thinking like, you know, highlights of, uh, his time here and, I'm trying to think of that corn that you know, like little clips like that corner challenge where they're yeah, a bit more yeah. unique and he you know, he got the he got the he got the goal from the corner on that Sky Sky program and he's like, This is what I'm like, this is what I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with it's it. just like little things like that just to like adhere people back to him Because people still love him, you know, after the I, I last do. few it's years great. and that. I mean I know he left on a sour point, but people still love him really for, for for what he did as a player and you know, for what he could be even more. I mean I, to me, he's made a mistake career was going to China, but financially, he's made a great one. But well, I was going to say you would, wouldn't you? I think <laughs> in the would. circumstance, of course you would. But um, I think if you're going to do something with him, you'd obviously go down the Terminator route. I'll be back, and you'd do something a bit more endearing, where mm-hmm. you know he's got to make, he's got to, he's got to win people back over. He's so got to make up for what he did, I that's, guess, in a way. So that's how that's how I'd approach it, and I mm. think that's how you know what I never sort of related it to Terminator yeah it's so obvious I never yeah. even see this is why you're in the job you do mate you just <laughs> come up with transfer deadline day oh, videos I, on the spot and... I don't know about that but, <laughs> um, yeah I do something like that I think I think it's a bit difficult really when someone left on a, a bit of a sour note and I think you have to do something a bit more yeah adhering to people where where they, where they, they you know they went, they're being won over almost yeah I remember um when he signed a new contract to West Ham before he left them, um, he did like a video sort of saying, hi, West Ham fans, I've signed a new contract to something. And it's because I love the club. Um, mm. And I remember me being really sad. Um, I <laughs> I did a dubbed over version of that video and put subtitles on it, like honest subtitles. And oh, it was so funny looking back. I'll have to see if I can find the tweet. <laughs> I, I was so proud of that. <laughs> Dear. Are you proud of it now, though? That's the real question. Yeah, screw it. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he was yeah, a fool, I, I, and he meant what he said when he said he was signing a contract for the money because he left, what, six months later? 
Yeah, so, I mean, so it, it, blame, it can blame. Saw it coming from a mile away, and yet West Ham fans thought he was salt of the earth at the time. Yeah, yeah, we knew. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of other things that you'd probably do. I mean, you got all the other stuff that you'd put out, like, uh, you know, your interviews and you, your behind the scenes stuff. I suppose also, like, oh, to be fair, there's no one there now that he'd probably remember. I mean, no, ideally, you'd get Alan him. was probably yeah. one of the only players yeah. left. You'd do something like that, but there's not really anyone left i mean mm. yeah i think I, I don't think there's much more you could do other than try and be a bit more yeah as i, I say the word again adhering to get people won yeah. over well i wouldn't worry because he's not coming back <laughs> so i don't think so no not anytime soon <laughs> no no unless he's like 38 or something and he's looking for one last payday yeah what would you do what would i do for the yeah, video yeah um i'd probably try and find sort of tweets and sort of Instagram posts from the fans at him. Yeah. Um, uh, not not sort of make people eat their words as such, but like, you know how people, including me, so many people have mocked Anatovic for him leaving. Yeah. Um, um, do you like, I'm going to stop you there. Yeah, go on. Because that sounds very much like the ambition video. And Ooh. we know, we know how that can go. So it does sound like the ambition video. <laughs> that's uh that's probably the last thing that I'd do. It's your greatest work, isn't it? <laughs> Depends how you see it. <laughs> At the time, certainly. <laughs> but Dear. left yeah. room for attack, I think. Uh, yeah, stuff like that can. Which is why I think you've got to be a bit more sensitive about the issue and mm. and do it that way. See, um, this is why you're in that chair and I'm in mine. <laughs> I'm well, just trying know. to be funny. That's my job. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a time and place, as I'm told sometimes. Mm. A time and place. See how the reaction goes of how he's uh, obviously signing, and then if you want to be a bit more not comical, but a bit more, uh, I suppose, dangerous, then then uh, then do it. But I think you'd have to be a bit more sensitive about that issue. Maybe you could sort of circumvent that by getting like him to read them or something. See, I was just about to say the same thing. I think it would be a good one to like if you were to do the announcement is to have him doing like a little narrative, yeah, and then just. So obviously, you'd write it yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then something that it's, it's very PR, but something <laughs> that'll just win people over because people yeah. love the fact that he wants to come back and make amends, and people love the fact that he says he's going to work hard or whatever. And it sound like Tony Peters, work hard. <laughs> but um, yeah, do anything like like that. Then I'd get him to like narrate it and yeah, do it that way. That's what maybe, I'd do. I'd have him reading old tweets, like yeah. The ones where people loved him and the ones, skip the ones in the middle, maybe, as you say, just to... Yeah. Do something like that after three, four, five, six, whatever months. Yeah. There he goes. And That'd be a good idea, actually. And then do that. get players yeah. on that. Yeah. I, I, I like stuff like that. I think a lot of people like stuff like that. You it's just funny, get, isn't it? Gotta get the right people to do it, though. Like, people like Crouchy are perfect for stuff like that. Cause oh, yeah. He'll happily take the mickey out of himself. But, like, there'll be other people who just... It'll be funny because they're probably dry and they've got a face on doing it. <laughs> but really, you're not really getting that entertainment value. You're kind of just laughing at someone's expense. I think having someone like in a room with Arnie who clearly doesn't like it, someone who's really up uptight, that'd be a good mix. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think who. Oh, no. We don't want to outplay us for being uptight. <laughs> <laughs> nah. No. No. Definitely not. We'll move swiftly on. So, normally... In the regular version of this podcast, I ask players to name their favourite Stoke 11. Um, we're not going to have you do that because you're not a Stoke fan. And knowing you, you'd name people like 
Imbula. Um, even though he has been mentioned in one of them, which was yeah, no, Sam. No, not that. I mean, I, to be fair, I don't. I didn't. Imbula was frustrating, wasn't he? But like that one game he had, that was Bob Stadium, Bournemouth away. Mm. He was yeah, fantastic. Was and then there's that West Ham game on the last game of the se- last day of the season. Yeah, he was decent. I mean, I don't know what happened there, but oh, clearly something. something neither do we. Right. Neither did he. I don't think. But Oof, mad. Well, I hope he enjoys playing in Russia. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't think he's doing very well, is he? No, I don't think so. Instead, what we're going to have you do is answer some quick-fire questions. A is couple dangerous? of these. This is dangerous. You should be fine. I've rolled okay. over some ones from previous interviews like this, and I've got a couple off of Twitter. Uh, they're not too incriminating, but I do want something on your feet. I don't okay. want you to think too long about this. If you want okay. to explain yourself afterwards, you're more than welcome to, but... Yeah. Okay. Oatcakes or rice pie? Rice pie. Rice pie? That's wrong. Oatcakes. <laughs> <laughs> this has got on off, off to a flying start. I've, okay. never had a, I've never had a rice pie. Have you not? No. So, no. I, That's uh, what's shocking to you. What? Partially? Had, no, no, I've never had a rice pie. How long were you um, in Stoke for? Seven years. Yeah. How have you got away with that? We sat on down the ground, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, okay. So you got me too quick there, mate. Oatcake. Oat cake. Oat cake. What what have you had on there? Uh cheese and bacon cheese. Perfect. See I find see I oatcakes are weird to me. Well they will be. Because obviously I don't get them down here. Hmm. You, you know, you, I think I had traditional things, faggots and peas or whatever. But um like oatcakes I just find I find dead weird. Like <laughs> people who go to a shop to get in theory a pancake. But yeah. they they're dead good. I like them. Make you fat though. Yes. Like, yes. I, put on, I, I definitely put on some weight. Like press conferences, we'd have like oat cakes and stuff for the press, and and the, the amount that we used to eat, just yeah, definitely put on weight. <laughs> well, that's what you get for having a portable fry up breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, next one. Best stadium that you've been to. Uh, Don't say stadium? the Hawthorns. Oh, I'm not going to. Uh, New Camp. <laughs> New Camp. Yeah. Oh, when was that? I've been a few times, so I've, I think I've been twice on a tour. Okay. But I went and watched a game when I was about 10 or 11. Nice. Uh, might have been a bit younger, actually. I think they played Tenerife. And they won 2-0, and uh, Saviola got the ball on the halfway line. Uh, and, yeah, basically scored. I think they won 2-0. Uh, I think Puyol might have got the other goal, you know. Not sure. But, yeah, um, it was absolutely tipping it down. Me and my <laughs> uncle, my uncle took me. Yeah, it was a great experience. It was it was long before the days of Messi, so I think Guardiola would have been playing as well. But yeah, definitely, definitely the new camp. It's the best one I've been to. Mm. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it was my favourite. Oh, okay, interesting. Is that, one, is, that, is that a question you got for me? Go on, then we'll do that. I haven't got it written down, <laughs> but screw. What, what's your favourite? Uh, I've got a few. Obviously, the Albion. Um, Boo. <laughs> uh, I like Goodison Park. Uh-huh. I like St James's Park, Newcastle, mm-hmm. and I like Craven Cottage. Okay, yeah. So they're kind of old school grounds, but good shout. So they're all they've all got something about them. I, I I particularly like Everton because I like the song that they come out to, and um, to mm. be fair, all the all the fans proper go for it when they come out. That's what I like about that. Yeah, and I quite like St James's Park for the same sort of reason. See, I don't like any stadium that has goal music. It's got goal music. Uh, You're done. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, those those two are probably up there as 
Some of my favourites, actually. I can tell you my least as well, which is Sellers Park. Hate it. Oh, I think a lot of people have said that, actually. <laughs> hate it. Yeah. It's too far. I hate getting there. <laughs> you know, you're sat and tell you that well, by the time you reach whatever motorway it is, that you've got another 40 minutes to get there. You know, for a way, it's going to take another three. And then you get there, you can't see the goal. You can't see the lower half of the pitch because you're blocked by the by the stanchions or whatever and oh it's one of the wor- the wi-fi doesn't work half the time it's one of the worst places one of the worst bands i've been to but to be fair i don't really like london either so that's probably why well that explains a lot i mean you are in the second city almost so <laughs> almost almost not not in the second city i know you got offended no. by that last time <laughs> yeah no i'm not in it keeping along similar lines um hippo or boiler man <laughs> Who's um, I'm going to say Boilerman. You're going to say Boilerman's better than Hippo. I'm going to go Boilerman. Right, I'm going to go Boilerman because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm from a PR perspective, it's it is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it's genius. Um, but it's done so well to like get like noticed, not only for like Albion, obviously, but like um, Ideal Boilers. I was going to say the, the fact that I know the name of the brand just shows yeah. how good marketing it is. It's it's yeah. just fabulous. How West Brom signed up to that, I've no idea. They must have paid a bucket load. But must have. I mean, um, there's, there's another guy who, who's who dressed up as Baggy Bird. So and I think one of his mates dresses up as Boiler Man. So <laughs> he, um, yeah, it's quite. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going Boiler Man for that one. Definitely. Boiler Man. Oh, I just remember seeing him. Um, it was. First season, we went down because we both came down, didn't we? And um, mm-hmm. I think Peter scored a screamer. We lost quite heavily, but Peter scored a screamer at the end. And I just remember Boilerman going nuts on a touchline. Just yeah. f- for God's sake, man. <laughs> uh, t- from a from a commercial point of view, it's 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 brilliant, really. Oh, it's when genius. You, when you think about it. What happened to Potamus? I don't really see her anymore. Oh, I don't know. Divorced, I think. <laughs> <laughs> George on Twitter asks... In Robbie Williams' song, Angles, he means angels. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning, are you the person he's on about? Right. You know this song, right? <laughs> I'm, 30, I'm 32 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I think this song has followed me since it came out. Oh, Whatever no. year that was. Yeah, it is me, I think. Because he definitely says... Because <laughs> <laughs> it would have been about the same time, right? Yeah, he, he definitely sings along the lines of I Sit Away and... I'd walk school. I wasn't bullied or anything. It never used to annoy me. I used to just take it on the chin and sing along. Oh, so it was actually a thing. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it's always oh, been a thing. It's, it's followed me <laughs> since I was definitely since secondary school. Oh, that's fab. Yeah, everyone would just sing. Oh, it's hid away. Yeah. So. Oh, I thought we were, that we were going to get a rendition then. Oh no, I can't sing. Mate. What? But, well, neither can I. But the, <laughs> this isn't the X Factor, mate. This is. <laughs> No, I don't plan on doing it, so no. I'm, not, I'm not singing. All right, I'll that's let you as, That's as much as you're getting. <laughs> we'll clip that. <laughs> um, player or manager you most enjoy working with? Uh, Mark Hughes. Uh, nice. He's one of my favourites to have worked with. Um, he was dead approachable, dead nice. It, um, I can imagine being quite soft at I, times. I suppose he was with like, people like us and things, because yeah. you know we're not... It, honestly, he's one of the best people that I've... I've uh, one of the best managers I've worked with. Oh, um, fair play. Maybe so, I'm just relating him back to how he was on the pitch then. That's oh, 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 in terms of like what he was like on the pitch, he was a he was a monster really, <laughs> wasn't he? In terms of like the <laughs> challenges and like he used to put in, but he was a good player as well. Don't forget. Oh, I of mean, course he was. Yeah, 
you don't play for the clubs he played for if you were that poor. But uh, yeah, in terms of like managers and that, yeah, he's he's definitely one of my favourites. I mean, player wise, to be fair, I worked with Dean Smith at Warsaw. He was good. Okay. Um, yeah, player wise, you know, Jack Butland, Ryan Shawcross, Danny mm. Bart, I like. There's there's loads of like players and that you can just get on with. But if I was to pick one for your question, I'd I'd definitely say Mark Hughes, just because he was approachable. He'd he'd always um, have you join in with things. So if we were like um, pre-season or whatever, and after a long day working, it it make sure that we're there for a drink and stuff. And yeah, no, very very nice. I mean, I remember um, one of the media guys who was at Stoke about four or five years ago, uh, Adam Greasley. Mm. I remember him leaving and um, we were in the harvester and everyone was... Uh, of course you were. <laughs> was, yeah, everyone was over there for obviously his leaving point and Mark Hughes came in and g- gave him 40 quid to go and get around for everybody. So, oh, bless him. Yeah, one of the yeah one of the nicest one of the nicest men you'll ever meet. But like even Mark Bowen and Eddie Nedsvecki alongside him were brilliant. They were brilliant with us. I mean, apart from the one time I got shouted at for wearing shorts. Um <laughs> <laughs> on oh. the way to on the way to Switzerland for preseason, preseason, and I wore shorts and got told off for that. But um, got told off for wearing shorts. That's an interesting one. Uh, it was dead up, but we, we were told to travel in trousers apparently. But I didn't obviously get that memo. <laughs> but other than that, they 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 all brilliant. But even the ones since have been brilliant to work with. But if I was to pick one, definitely, definitely Mark Hughes. Fair enough. I didn't see that coming. I'll be honest. Um, okay. Seriously professional pieces or more relaxed engagement? So you know the type I'm talking about, the ones a bit more tongue-in-cheek. What mm-hmm. do you prefer to make? Uh, professional. Yeah, the serious yeah. ones. Yeah, I'd love to. And the one thing that I really, really wanted to do was a nice like documentary on Brian Shawcross because obviously it was... Oh, he, yeah. He's been at Stowe for 10 years plus now. That that itself, that DVD itself. <laughs> well, I don't know, but... Uh, it, I wanted to do something where it was more a nice little feature, professional feature documentary where, yeah. you know, we go up to where he was he was born and uh, see if we can find, like, his old PE teacher. Or, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like another ones, yeah. You see Messi and the yeah. light doing them, don't you? Yeah, go back in time a little bit and and do that. And I, I, that's one of the things that I'm really, like, sad about not doing. Um, yeah. Because I'd love to have done something like that. He deserves it, in fairness. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he's done really well to go to Miami and stuff, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it would have been easier if he'd have retired here. But I think well, I think in an ideal world, that's what he would have probably liked, but I think we've got an opportunity like that that comes your way. And, You'd be daft you know, not take it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, if you think of his age and the age of his children, it's a, it's a brilliant lifetime opportunity. It's something you just can't turn down. I think we'd all you know, be in the same sort of boat if if, if we had the same thing. From uh, hoofing up to Mamadou Sadibi to hoofing up to <laughs> Gonzalo Higuain, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> it's not, no, definitely not. Plus no. you get that nice 30 degree heat. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of him, really. <laughs> but then, he's professional football, but mm. we should all be jealous of him. Um, whiskey or Guinness? Oh, so mate, I don't know, I don't know that one. Uh, Neither. No, no. Uh, oh, fair. I've, I've, well, last week I told you that you'll reach an age where you'll like Guinness. Yes. And I've started to like Guinness. Ah, you're that uh, age. I'm yeah. not far behind then. <laughs> but um, it depends what you mean by whiskey. I think if I was to say that I like Jack Daniels, people would absolutely cringe because they'll probably <laughs> not 
think of that as a whiskey. Uh-huh. But uh, I suppose I'm going to pick Guinness on this occasion. Although I am dead into Jack Daniel's apple at the minute, mm. which is uh, my go-to drink at the moment. That and ginger ale. Um, I love it. Mm. I never yeah. tried that. That's, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's, I like it. Jack Daniel's and ginger ale. I like ginger ale as well. Right, when the pub's open, I know what I'm hitting first. Um, <laughs> Steve Hunt on Twitter says, do you miss him? <laughs> I want, you know what? I'll be intrigued if he listens. Uh, <laughs> he might. Yeah, yeah, I do, actually. I do, I do. Oh, bless. Yeah, he's a... Uh, I like Steve. He's uh, one of those people that... He's just part of the furniture, and you'll never be able to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, you won't be able to throw him out, either. You just can't. Well, it's interesting. So, I don't know if you remember, I, I mentioned about... You said you did work experience with... Uh, Somebody rather can't remember. Was it uh, Watford? What, yeah, Watford. Yeah. That's it. Um, I I did work experience for Stoke, if you remember me saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I, like I was just doing paperwork, and I remember climbing into Potamus. Steve was actually head of that at the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a massively <laughs> small world. It's amazing. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, yeah. I miss a lot of people too. Fair. I, I like uh, I like Steve. He used to come in our office and just. I don't know if I'll get into trouble, but he used to just come and chat to us. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's a uh, yeah one of the good guys. I like Steve. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Good lad. Um, last one of these: wet, windy Tuesday or a sunny three pm Saturday? Uh, a sunny three pm Saturday. A lot of people have said this. I think they're chickens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've obviously experienced the wet and the wind and the cold. You and- have. To be fair, even when it's blistering hot, Stoke is still one of the coldest grounds, but I'd rather it be sunny and cold than absolutely wet and cold. Wet through like a soaked dog would hate it. Yeah. Especially now as well, especially since I started doing um pitch side filming. Yes, I was gonna say. So yeah. I'd rather uh, You'll have felt I'd rather it then. be yeah, I'd rather be in the dry. Although to be fair, for the atmospheric shots it's more fun to film in the rain. But in mm. terms of myself, I'd rather I'd very much rather it be a nice hot sunny. Sacrificing yourself for the content though. Yeah, suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. that's the end of quickfire. This always happens with me. Quickfire never ends up very quickfire. We're half an hour in. Um, <laughs> we've done well. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> that's not your fault. I think it's mine. I think it's mine. Because um, as I say, it's a common denominator between everybody. I have on here. And I always interview for longer than I expect. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, we've got nothing on for later. Nah, that's uh, not a bad thing. <laughs> it's better to have too much than too little. Remember that. Well, yes, exactly. You're quite right. Right. I am going to bring this back to you now. And as I've mentioned to you previously, this is going to be more of you, I think, looking back. So so sort of your experience almost rather than your past. And I know that this, what I'm going to ask next is something we touched upon towards the end of the first half. And you said to me off air that you wanted to talk about this a little bit more. I'm going to open the stage to you about the emotional strain that came with the role that you had. I know you said that it was tough sometimes because people don't realise what they're saying on social media and even realise that that you're behind it sometimes as well. I'm just going to let you open mic, mate. Say what you want. <laughs> Open mic. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I think a lot, of, we touched upon it quite a lot last week as well, though, to be fair. But I, I do believe that, you know, people do forget that there's someone on the other end of like your Twitters, your Facebooks, whatever it may be, who is absolutely putting their heart and soul into it. I mean, a lot of people 
seem to think that people don't care. Mm-hmm. But these people who are in these positions at media departments have worked tirelessly yeah. for years to get in those positions and they've fought off hundreds, if not thousands of people and applicants to get that one position. So they're not purposely doing something wrong if mm-hmm. you know, mistakes happen. Um, but it's not their fault if like things are going bad on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they shouldn't be reading the, the negativity and that. And, you know, it can really, it can really drain on you if you're not careful. And that is something that happened to me. And I can't remember the time period it was actually, uh, too well, but I just remember obviously reading all the comments and all the negativity and it would be something daft, like after losing the game and, then there'd be like a run of three or four games that would were quite poor and you'd just read all the comments and it'd be like, sack the admin or sack this or <laughs> do this. And it's just like, there's no need for it really. I mean, yeah. it, 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 I mean, I had to take, I think it was nearly three weeks off just to get myself right really. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, like my manager was brilliant because he just said, go home, take some time and, mm-hmm. He was brilliant about it. He obviously saw that something was wrong and that there'd be times where I'd have to like just force myself out of the office, go sit somewhere. And there'd be times where sometimes I'd, just, I'd burst out crying because you just, just, it does mentally get to you because you're not just working a nine to five Monday to Friday. You're working, for my instance anyway, I'm traveling an hour, hour 15, sometimes more if there's traffic issues to, to get there and then traveling back. That's nearly three hours of my day. It's a big commitment, just that alone. Oh, it's, it's massive. And then you get home and you're still working. You know, you know, you kind of have to have that life balance as well. And I didn't really have that life balance at times where I'd go out with my friends or I'd spend time with my girlfriend or go, you know, doing your, your leisurely things because, you know, I've, I'm committed to doing the job that I have to do. So there'd be times where I'd be working till 11, 12 at night when I come back and, You'd be working on days off and loo days and even matches where you come home and away games where you come home at like half 12, one o'clock in the morning hmm. and still doing things to, to make sure stuff goes out the next morning. It is demanding and it, it, it is bound to get to you. So you've kind of, I had to really build myself up because of it and, and really get mentally stronger, which is when I had to have that time off just to, just to get myself right, really. And then kind of, it was slow. I mean, it was a slow process. And there's still times now where I get a bit anxious about things. Mm. Um, but I think that's just natural because you, you, you care that much. You want it to be right. Yeah. But yeah, you, you, I had to have that time off. And then it was a slow process in making sure that I didn't start seeing that, those negative comments all the time. And you have to switch off here and there. And I think sometimes people are a bit, too demanding mm-hmm. in what is already a demanding sort of business. I mean, so that's where you, we kind of had to come up with like, um, proper strategies and, and how we would like put out content and things. And ever since then, it's kind of obviously got better, but I, I just think people need to bear in mind that, you know, there are people on the other side of, of the laptop that, that, you know, are doing their very best and do care. And so these people that obviously moderate the, um, the comments are, they're just human and mm-hmm. they're reading these comments and they, you know, that they can have an effect on those negative comments. They do care. So it's just about, um, you know, being a bit more easy and friendlier on them, I suppose. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, as I said, 
just we're all human. Yeah, we all take we all take that emotion very differently. Yeah, of course. I, I we're actually speaking off air about how I, when I was much younger, took things much more seriously, and through experience, I had to toughen myself up a little bit. But I, I think that's something that some people find very difficult to do. And even with, you can throw all the experience you can at them. I think some people find that very hard to toughen themselves up. And the thing is, you need it because however much we say we need to tidy up social media, you're always, unless there's proper measures in place, that you're always going to find these people who are going to take things. I'm afraid that like with social media, it's got that powerful. It's almost like an infestation that you just cannot solve. Well, that's how people are like. That's how some people are natured. Yeah. it's Well, but like I said last time, that a lot of these people that are doing these comments or these, you know, being abusive probably have issues themselves that they're not dealing with, so they're taking it out elsewhere. Yeah. And that's where there needs to be, I believe, more education in, like, your schools or your FA learnings or, or anything like that. But it needs to come from, like, the social media companies. Yeah, they need they they need to have something designated that will be you know in line with like government guidelines for like schools to say look you can't do this and then there needs to be some sort of law. I'm sure there are some sort of laws now, mm. but uh, there, there definitely needs to be more done in terms of how people well, how people get, firstly get onto these social media platforms and then how they act on these mm-hmm. platforms um, because preferably it's it's downright. Yeah, terrible. Yes, it is. is. There's no getting around it. It's not fair. I think these these platforms are able to bring out the best and worst in people, Mm -hmm. um, and bring out the worst in people. Obviously, with the way it is, and it's so easy to. I I can't believe with Twitter and Instagram, especially how easy it is for you to have direct. I don't want to say conversation, but send a message to somebody established you know someone who perhaps 10 20 years ago wouldn't have had that vulnerability they had so much more protection because you were in your ivory tower almost there's no ivory tower with twitter you can't stop the barrage of comments and you've got to uh, even with measures in place like i think on social media i think people are going to find a way around it somehow Mm -hmm. they they always will that's that's where you know these channels need to get more you know, more strict. Yeah. So maybe yeah. there does need to be like, uh, I suppose, taking the COVID passport situation. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Almost a social media passport where if you do something wrong, it's almost like a three strikes, you're out. But mm-hmm. to me, three is still too many because you can it, seriously... It depends on the severity, I think. Well, exactly. It? Took the words out of my mouth. Like you could, you could really cause a lot of damage to someone and someone's family if they're being, if they're feeling you know, God forbid, suicidal or something like that. And, you know, that could be the, the, the instigator for them to actually go and do what they, they sadly, are they're thinking about. And it shouldn't, shouldn't be like that. It needs to be, it needs to be a lot stricter. I think they just need consequences, whether it's banning them, whether it's seeing the effect of what they've done yeah. or whether it's any further punishment. I People take punishment very differently you know like like some some sums of punishment don't don't work on people some people aren't very empathetic some no. people don't understand some people don't care i don't know if it's because i've got older as well that you kind of see 
I'm sure I'm definitely sure that I would have been naive and there'd have been times where I've done stupid things when I was younger but yeah it seems to me like there's no level to a lot of young people at the moment that that they'll just go and do what they think they need to do Mm -hmm. or want to do and they'll just do it yeah with no actual thought or or reasoning behind it which is why they get themselves into trouble or they do something stupid like a, a racist remark or anything like that just to just because they haven't really thought about it or, or had any like education on it. Well, if if we talked about maybe social media can do more to safeguard people like yourselves, at this point in time, they're not doing that. They're not safeguarding you as well as they can do. And I think it's very much left to looking after yourselves. You said there you've sort of, I think toughened up's the wrong word, but you've certainly learned to deal with situations that you're put in better yeah. than what you used to by the sounds of it yeah you, you have to i mean like i said last week as well where if you're not dedicated to something you're gonna you know ultimately fail because you're not putting your heart and soul into it and it's kind of the same when you do things like this you kind of again to use your words toughen up but get a little bit of a, i don't want to use the word backbone either but get a little bit of strength inside of you where you know you can deal with it because Ultimately, social media is a fantastic platform for things it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your word out there, you get some, especially for like football fans who use it right and use it, you know, honorably. That, that it's a brilliant platform to be closer to your club and other clubs and players and, you know, access that you'd love, you know, as a fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you kind of take the bad with the good, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I suppose you kind of have to just, almost ignore the things that come through that are negative well this is something i was going to ask you i you you say that you've (laughs) we've used i think the wrong terminology it's hard to find the right stuff but how did you develop to form almost a mental barrier against this you've said you've taken time off before but was there did you have to change your mindset towards certain things like how how exactly do you guard yourself against these things these days? I think you kind of I think when you start feeling something when you don't start feeling right about yourself mentally, then or you feel drained or you know, I never felt personally like suicidal, but you know, a lot of people sadly do get to that point, then you know that something needs to change mm-hmm. and you can talk to someone and that really does help. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I can't emphasize enough how much that does help, but it only helps a certain amount. I think that it's then up to you with the help of those words that you've received from a counselor or a friend or a family member, whoever it may be, you then need to have that power within yourself to turn something around. And I think that's how, that's how I kind of did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember coming home and <clears throat> I just locked myself in my, in my room. I was living with my mom, my mom, um, my nan and granddad at the time and. Uh, and just locked myself in my room and, you know, I wasn't right. And then people obviously see that you're not right. And then you kind of almost have that like intervention period where you kind of come to the realization that actually something needs to change here. Mm-hmm. That's when I completely opened up about things about how I suppose draining or how drained I was and how mentally strained it was long days and, and all that. And I kind of just needed to take a step back, forget about it for a bit, have a bit of time 
for myself, go on holiday, whatever that is now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and um, just kind of like almost relax, I suppose. Mm. But then come back and then there'd be a day or two where I'd feel a bit bubbled up where, you know, you kind of just want to pop because you're yeah. seeing things again and you've come back trying to get away from that mental mindset, but then you've come back into it. And that's kind of where I thought, you know what, and this is what I'm going to do. So I, what I did was like write um, like a day sheet for me, what I'd do. Okay. So I'd, I'd try and focus on like five tasks and I'd concentrate solely on those five tasks. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I'd put something on, let's say Twitter, for example, but then I'd spend half an hour reading the comments straight after, <laughs> which is ridiculously dangerous really. Mm-hmm. But if I focused on these tasks, it could be like doing a, you know, writing a web piece, even something as stupid as going for a walk, take lunch, drink water, whatever it may be, just to keep your mind occupied and like healthy almost. So mm-hmm. it's away from being like brainwashed effectively into that negative mindset. And that's when I kind of just started getting into a routine and I just thought, you know, obviously I don't ignore all the messages because there's a lot of important negative messages mm-hmm. that come from. Yeah. But then I, I, you just learn to ignore the ones that are ridiculously stupid and yeah yeah i think that's just how how i did it personally i mean there's still times now like i said earlier that you do feel a bit anxious about things and mm-hmm. see i was confident when i was younger like all i've ever wanted to do was work in media for a football club and i did that and then it kind of i suppose the novelty wears off a little bit mm-hmm. and um you kind of i want i wanted to find myself again i suppose it's a better yeah. phrase to use so I wanted to feel like I was 19, 20, 21 again. And I suppose, particularly the last few years, I've not really felt that, I suppose, like mm-hmm. that burning desire within me. And I suppose that's where you, you need to like challenge yourself. But again, hence why the, I do the tasks, mm-hmm. like my worksheet tasks. And and, I, and I, feel, I feel like that just really works. But I mean, because obviously it's happened now and you have that mindset, you constantly thinking well am i doing that right am i doing that right what if mm-hmm. this happens what if that happens whereas before i'd just do it yeah so you, you do pick up a little well, i personally have picked up a bit of a, a bit of anxiety on that as well but you just come to i don't want to use the word come to deal with it but i suppose in a way i have and i've been quite fortunate about that whereas sadly a lot of people just can't overcome that or mm-hmm. don't know how to overcome that and i suppose if this helps at least just one person then than great uh, yeah because and, and i know a lot of charities and organizations say it but literally speaking to someone will help but they will also guide you in the right areas hmm. for what you can do um but as i say ultimately you kind of have to relight that fire that's inside of you to to really to really thrive and get going yeah that's something that i had to do and thankfully i managed to to overcome as well yeah definitely i I think I I relate to a, a lot of what you just said. Um, certainly, speaking to people helps. I think when you don't, you end up in a like a washing machine of thoughts in your head, and they just go round and round and round and round, and they never actually go anywhere. And you start thinking of scenarios that aren't real. And as soon as you talk to somebody about these things, it, sometimes you even realise what you're saying is nonsense. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah. you need reassurance and that's absolutely natural and normal sometimes to need that reassurance especially when you've lost that self-assurance yeah as well 
No, I completely agree with that. I completely agree. But I think more importantly, what you said, it's, it's almost the hardest part of that is taking that and applying it yourself. It's not just enough to listen to people and, and just accept yeah. the situation. I think turning it around is a big thing and something I think I, I, I've personally done was the phrase goes around about um, don't care about what people think. You certainly can care about what people think. And I, I, I think the people that matter to you, you should absolutely take notice of, particularly the ones that you're asking for help, you know, just yeah. what we're talking about. If you didn't care about what they think, you wouldn't be asking them for help. But some people who, I think we touched on before, some people who don't really know what's going on, I think you've got to show more empathy than they have. And once you realize that, once you realize that this person on social media is mocking what I'm doing, but they don't actually realize what's going on, when you tell yourself that and realize that, maybe someone at school's picking on you or something and, and, and you realize that, well, actually, they don't really understand what's what they're saying is hurtful or they don't really understand why this happens or something or you mentioned it in your job or relationships with family friends anyone else like you don't really understand the situation and neither do they i'm going a massive ramble here but essentially i think that once you realize that you know more than they do the power is in your hands to be able to dismiss something like that yeah exactly i think that's kind of especially for me that's how i kind of saw it i mean you have to you're too bit i was too busy looking at comments and negative negativity that you almost forget that actually, I'm in such a privileged position. You know, it, it's up to me to actually make content that people want to see and, you know, make them enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how, as well, how I came around it. Because also ultimately as well is to use another, you know, cliche is that life is too short. Mm-hmm. So just do you, I suppose. Uh, well, exactly. And I, <laughs> take any advice you get with a pinch of salt like some people will be more clued up than others about what's going on with you and your situation like i'm sure like you'll have seen suggestions from stoke fans on social media and you'll resonate with that and go like right yes this absolutely needs to happen that's feedback that i and the club needs to take on board but then other times people will suggest things and you'll know yourself like this has been done before or this is impossible or this yeah. won't act like this might be what you want, but nobody else wants this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. There's loads of things that, that that can come up like that. I mean, you you kind of need to take what, I suppose, going away from what we're actually talking about is how you find different audiences for things like that to make sure they work. But yeah, you, I I completely agree with what you with what you're saying. Hmm. I th- I think it's an important conversation to have, and I'm glad that someone with the presence that you had in this fan base. I I think it's important to realize sit back and and realize that uh, we as stoke fans can have it hard sometimes but the people who sit behind and run the club often have no power behind what you want them to do but they have a lot of responsibility i think i touched on that as well when when you have a lot of responsibility but no power that's the worst situation to be in um and i think a lot of uh, the way that you can get yourself straight mentally is by regaining whatever power you can, yeah, however no. you can. That's um, as I said, that's something I was fortunate about. Yeah, about, about turning around. Um, okay, actually, I think that that was 
such an important conversation, along with the quickfire. Um, I'm going to leave that there, I think, because there's so much more I want to talk to you about, and I wouldn't want to shorten that. So I'm going to leave that discussion talking around social media, mental health and stuff. I'm going to leave that there. And I'm going to do a part three of this podcast. I don't do many. Um, (laughs) This would only be the second part three I've ever done. So I'm going to sign off the B-side here. I'll probably do an outro in post anyway. I always do. But I just want to say before I do sign off, thank you very much, John, for that. You, You didn't have to talk about that topic in as much detail as you did. It's all right. No problem. I think it you clearly had a lot to do with that topic and I, I firsthand I've seen the, the 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 ups and downs of what the Stoke City social media for example faces on on a day-to-day week-to-week basis I hope some people a if they are doing anything negative towards those platforms I, I hope they think twice and b hopefully if anybody's struggling with anything that me or John have spoke about, take some of that advice on board, go and speak to people, try and have an intervention with yourself almost. There's there's so many good platforms to be able to get resources on stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, there is, there is, there is. I mean, I mean, if, if there's one thing you want to try and take on board if you are listening is literally a lot of people say, speak, speak up. You, you'll soon realise how... How much will come off your chest and how much better you'll feel because the weight has been lifted off your shoulders and then you can really go from there and have that as your base and your platform to, to really make something of yourself and get better and, and, you know, really, you know, push on and, and get that, that mindset right. You know, there's loads of charities out there that you can go and speak to, but even something as little as going for a walk with a friend or speaking to a family member and yeah. Go and do that because you'll 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 soon feel better. Um, uh, it's so important to do it with someone who you trust in that situation as well. I yeah. think some people you can talk to some people about some things and not others, and that's completely okay. Some people are good with certain bits of advice because they've got experience in it. The good thing with the more established organisations is that they that they will cover a lot more bases. So if if you don't feel like you can talk to your mate or your family. Or your partner about the struggles you're going with there will, there will be somebody somewhere who has the emotional bandwidth or empathy to be able to talk about what you need to so there's always a place to go i think um thinking about it i'll try and leave a couple in the description that might be related to football in particular as this is a football podcast i don't mean to be too preachy about it but i i i understand that this is a really important issue and we've seen things recently with lockdown how how important your mental health is and it's something that i've had to deal with in the past you know i i couldn't see myself doing a platform like this say 10 years ago just because the lack of self-confidence i had um in my ability to speak you wouldn't have thought that now um that that took a massive mental turnaround and i know it's one similar to what john's been through as well so anyway i will i will i will stop rambling about that (laughs) and yeah i I just want to thank you john again for talking about that in the detail you have done no that's no problem mate no problem there we go i'll uh i'll i'll fast forward on to myself now and and i'll record an outro probably (laughs) 
And with that, that brings the B-side of this edition of Disclosed to a close. Uh, now, I just want to quickly say thank you to John again for talking about the things that he has done in this podcast. We hope that it's helped somebody. But of course, as we both say, we're not experts and I will leave some uh, links to some more established resources on mental health in the description to this podcast. And of course, I said that there will be a third part of this podcast in which John's going to talk a little bit more generally about his experience with Stoke, talk a bit more generally about his time there reflecting back, uh, sort of the more B-side you're accustomed to, I guess. But before I go, just a reminder that this show relies on people like you to take part as well. Head to the com and click Get Involved to find out more. You can send a message to at the files on social media or an email to the com if you've got any questions for me at all. That's just need to say thank you very much for listening and until the next one. But don't forget, it could be your file one day. There's an for to all. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. So onwards and upwards, baby, far away from the wild goose chase. My shoulders are so rigid. Pants of mine